Hello, hello, hi, hi. Repeat greetings. Uh, welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast. I, this week, this week only, am Brian. And I am Lizzie, as every week, sometimes <laughs> Lizard, to, to some people, not all people, some people. <laughs> not all people. Don't be weird about it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're back. We're back. Uh, we took last week as a week off because we did two podcasts the week before, and it was nice to kind of recharge for not doing anything. Because <laughs> it's like, what are we recharging for? Oh, we got to fucking stay at home some more. Uh Good thing we saved up our energy for that. <laughs> um, yeah, we we uh, we we did a couple interviews the week before, so we uh, we didn't want to have a bunch of episodes in the bank because these are generally pretty topical, and we'll get into some topics of topicalness today uh, that are happening as of the past week or so. Um, First, I just want to give uh, a couple uh, plugs for the stuff that we've got going on. Uh, Lizzie, we're recording this on Wednesday. Lizzie just put out another episode of the uh, a mini uh, Emo Social Club broadcast uh, that went up this morning. Uh, so make sure you check that out. If you're subscribed to this podcast, you'll get it automatically in your subscription box. Uh, if you want to subscribe, <laughs> I am about to sick. tell you how. If you're... Let's say, let's say, all right, let's say that you're listening to this, like, and you're like, oh, uh, I wish that I, like, heard this as a podcast. You can go to emosocial.club slash ESC Apple or ESC Spotify, and you can subscribe to our podcast that way. Emosocial.club, ESC Apple or Spotify. You'll get the podcast up on your screen and go, oh, I'll subscribe to that. These friends, that'd be great. Um, these friends that's how you become friends of the pod fun fact if you yeah, ever wonder you that's listen, how you become friends of the pod and you give us content those are the two ways um and if you don't you still give us contact by us uh low-key bashing you and then us telling you and then you going through all the episodes to find out where we bashed you so really you it's to. a win-win but you not for to. you you got to listen to every episode in order to understand where and when and how we bashed you um this week for streams, we have the one that this happened on. Every Wednesday uh, going forward, the podcast will be back. We don't have any plans to take a break as of right now, but who knows? We may get tired of this shit. Um, Thursdays has been, up until this point, a rock band <laughs> night. And I'm kind of get. I think it's getting a little stale. Uh, so I've decided that I'm going to change it up. We're going to make it just a general video game night. We'll change it up and see... Uh, see what video games we play. Uh, I am going to, if you're listening to this on Monday, that's not going to be helpful for you at all. But every Thursday, I'll just change the video game. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow night. We're going to find it out. So, uh, yeah, 7.30 on Thursday's Central Time. Uh, Friday is our DJ set at 5.30 p.m. Uh, I would say when it ends, but like we've been kind of going long because people just are hanging out, sending requests, vibing. It's, it's a good time. Uh and if you are a friend of mine on the social meds, uh, we had planned uh, that uh, my cover band, Eddie's Corner, was going to do a live stream uh, show. Uh, unfortunately, a member of the band uh, was told that they were in proxy contact with somebody who uh, contracted coronavirus. Uh, so just out of major precautions, uh, he is quarantining. So we are... Uh, postponing that uh, the date will be a tentative of August 1st 
Uh, we'll see if that is the one that we end up with. We're just waiting for confirmation on that. But just want to give a heads up that like, hey, I promoted this thing. And then, uh, oh, fuck. So, <laughs> um, but obviously in these, uh, in these times, you know, we're taking everything as it goes. And also uh, ex- exercising extreme caution, even when it's not really necessary. If he came back with like, oh, hey, I don't have it. We'd still would rather just like push it back. <laughs> so uh, just, just. Yeah, just taking care of our people, and we're going to make sure it's a good set. Uh, just have more time to make it even better now, is how I see it. See? There's positives. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all of the stuff we have coming up. Make sure to subscribe. Oh, no, wait, we follow- have Monday emo yoga. Fuck, wow, fuck I can't yeah. believe. <laughs> Sorry. So, like, because wow. I've been thinking, like, so, like, for our audience, like, because things kind of go like pretty straight through from like Wednesday on. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So I think of like Monday kind of like is the last thing we do every week, even though it's technically like on a weekly basis, the first thing. Does that make sense? It it's makes sense because, brain, it, but... because it's basically like your end of your work week, because for me, it's the end of my work week. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> so like we are on that same wave that for a lot of other people, it's not the end of their work. Right. Week. It's the start it's like, of it. Um, yeah. We're reversed. Yeah. I don't have a job still. So I'm, my work week is just constant. It's <laughs> just weeks are blending into months. Uh, yes. Emo yoga every Monday, 7 PM with Lizzie. Uh, I've been checking out your playlists. They're good playlists. So the vibes saying, are right. The if you, if you right. want to send a song or something, I should check out to put into it. We're also, uh, last week we did some more, uh, kick up stuff. So we got you moving, sweating a little bit. Ooh. So yeah. Ooh, the sweat. The sweat. The, the did some squat kicks. Squat like kicks. Yeah, you squat and then you like raise your leg and you kick it up and you oh do a God. twist. It's like when you're kind of like, um, you know, two step in the pit, like you're kicking someone. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so it's like that, but you're getting like a nice twist in your core and your sides and then you'll right. feel it in the morning. <laughs> All right. I get down with that. See? Cool. So yeah, we got a we got a whole line of broadcasting for you, activities for you to participate with, and uh, so if you can just chill, watch, enjoy, grab a grab a grab a claw, sponsored by not sponsored by, <laughs> but maybe sponsored by. Also, I am like, I haven't done this yet, but I'm like, fuck anybody who keeps saying uh, not sponsored, like when there's like clearly not sponsored by somebody. <laughs> I just think the joke is played out and I'm like, I know that I'm guilty of it in the past and I know that I will be guilty of it in the future. But I'm just like, man, fuck anybody who does it, especially me. Oh my God. It's like, we know you're not sponsored. You don't have to tell us like you have to disclose it. And if you're. Except the one day that we get sponsored by somebody, God oh willing, God. they're, God you're, we're going to be like, they're going to sit there and be like, you're not really sponsored. Where's the, where's the joke? And you're gonna be like, no, really, please. Yeah. I, yeah, of course. I, I think it's like, you know, you've got like, you're, you're like a YouTuber with like 20 followers, 20 subscribers, which is, by the way, my YouTube channel <laughs> that I put out uh, middling content on <laughs> once every when I feel like it. And it's like if I then said in a video not sponsored, like I would be watching my videos and go, hey, fuck this guy. <laughs> this guy just shut the fuck up. Uh, so it's just, it's just, it's more or less like a thing of like, say whatever you want to say on your videos, who cares, do your thing. But at the same time, I'm like, man, fuck this guy. And also that guy's me. That's all. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get into some of the talking points that have come up over the last two weeks. 
It's been uh, a lot. Yeah. Can you just, Lizzie, if you had to give like a, a one sentence summary of the last two weeks, go for it. Uh, a lot of things got canceled <laughs> and then people didn't want to cancel them. That's true. And now things are hitting the fan again. And that's pretty much for everything. Literally yeah. everything. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of news and I, I would hate to like, I don't know, focus on anything that's like not that crucial. Although I would say that like, you know, Riot Fest and my chem rescheduling their dates is like a big thing for our audience. Uh, Riot Fest and Lala. I think that happened since we were talking to. Yeah. Uh, Lala canceled. And then I also know a couple, I know at least Shaky Knees on Atlanta finally canceled. They tried to reschedule for October Mm -hmm. and then Smashing Pumpkins canceled their date. And that was one of their headliners. Mm -hmm. And um, pretty much it was like a domino effect. Anything that really was going to happen that was worthwhile for us waiting um, (laughs) at the end of the proverbial tunnel of like the spring, summer coronavirus outbreak. Um, completely was squashed yeah so when we go into um september we'll just have to wait until next year the one thing that riot fest did do, do that nobody else has done from what i've seen is that they have actually released a good like lineup so far mm. for next year and like oh, nobody yeah. else has done that yeah and i think that's really it's like a big power move honestly <laughs> like considering that so I, I think from Riot's end, and of course we have some context there, but I have not talked to any of them about this because mm-hmm. I cannot imagine the kind of stress that they're under right now. <laughs> like any of those memes where it's like a small animal and it's like, please don't bother me. I'm under a lot of stress. Yes. Um, they are obviously an independent uh, festival as far as like Chicago is, is, is based. So the money that people have purchased tickets with, is in their pockets expected that they will have these tickets to go to the show this year. And now if you say, yeah, we're, we're canceling it. Then as we learned from Ticketmaster and, uh, and live nation and all that, if you cancel it, then everybody can get their money back. And obviously there are people that will still need to do that for riot fest. But if you're an independent festival and you need to keep as much money working for the people that are employed there for locking in bands for all this kind of stuff, you need that, you know, cash on hand to use. And then you have to make it worthwhile for the customer to not ask for their money back. And I think that by releasing a stacked lineup, a phenomenally good lineup, I'm actually like, super stoked and assuming assuming that was what was going to happen this year and now it's just happening next year uh i certainly think that this is like a very very strong lineup for riot fest and adding an additional day uh with if you buy your ticket before july 16th that's the big kicker yeah so if you already have a ticket and if you buy a ticket before july 16th you're good. You're able to get into the festival next year and you'll have an additional day of the festival on Thursday with bands that are yet to be announced. Some bands that are only playing that night. I'm like, that's, that's awesome. Like that's definitely going to help. It's to... basically like you're going to go to four days of Lollapalooza, but it's not going to be anywhere near <laughs> four days of Lollapalooza where I want to fucking die. Yeah. And potentially and realistically, there are going to be way less people on Thursday night than there will be at any of the other days. So you'll actually be yeah. in a less packed event uh, with 
bands that nobody else will be able to see and first access to merch, first access to everything in the park. So yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I think that that's definitely going to help them like have some money on hand, have some, you know, have a product that people can, can buy in order to support Raya Fest for, you know, everybody's struggling this year. Everybody's having a hard time, especially if you're independent, especially if you're working on all of it on your own and you've got employees to pay and, uh, now you can't even do the main thing that you exist to do. Uh, I certainly think that if you are able to buy your ticket now, uh, go for it. Uh, I haven't bought mine yet, but I plan to because I want that extra night. Uh, so I, I will be buying a ticket and I will see everyone there. Literally. You. Just just know that at least my friends and I, once we saw the new lineup, because um, I'm the, again, most of the, my friends that I go to these festivals with, they're not super active on social media like I am. So I saw it and I sent it all out of them. Like, so what, are, what's our plan? And we pretty much came to the conclusion of, we're just going to drink a gallon of Pedialyte before <laughs> and after each day oh. um, to prevent dehydration and dying. <laughs> and I hi- highly suggest all of you to do the same <laughs> and throughout the day too. Uh. Just for our audience to know, in case you haven't seen it, I'll read off like some of the, uh, I guess, the relevant names for our podcast. You, you would know. Yeah. Um, My Chem is still headlining. Smashing Pumpkins, like you mentioned, I guess. It's, it's one of those things where you like you can kind of guess like, well, it's either Lala or Riot. And in this yeah. case, it's Riot. Uh, Run the Jewels. God, they were so good when they played a couple years ago. Uh, which yeah. I find is a, a big plot twist because Pitchfork was originally supposed to have them and we snatched them up and Fuck they can't yeah. play because of that radius clause. So yeah. Fuck you, Pitchfork. <laughs> uh, Coheed and Cambria is awesome. Taking back Sunday, of course. Uh, Lupe Fiasco, Vic Mensa, all American rejects, newfound glory, simple plan. Uh, thrice circus survive. I guess circus survive was going to play. And I was like, but they're going to be there. And I'm excited <laughs> for that. Um, Best Coast, Bayside, Meg Myers, Pup, Mayday Parade, Fever 333. Ugh, it's going to be so good. Uh, Living Color is playing, which sounds awesome. Uh, if you don't know who Big Frida is, look her up. She's great. Oh, yeah. She's fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's going to be one of the better sets of that entire weekend. Uh, Thursday, Saves the Day, Don Broco. Um, meet me at the altar. I love I them. Yeah. I love them for like the last lately. like three years. And now everyone is, um, finally getting on the train. <laughs> that was the last show I saw before everything got shut down oh at inside town. I was at this DIY show and I was standing there. I'm like, I think I'm the oldest person here and I'm 25. <laughs> huh. Like, all right. Sucks. And then it. I saw someone I went to high school with who is older than me. So I felt less bad about it. <laughs> but then I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you here? Why are uh, you here? We also got Boston Manor, The Sounds, which the sounds are so good too. And Kenny Hoopla, who we have shouted out Big as hype. he's fantastic. Uh so yeah. He's charting on Billboard good. for the, his song now, which is amazing. So I heard good. it actually one night because my um my stereo receiver um obviously plays like the radio, but I always just hook it up for my vinyl and I mm. turned it on one night. And it was like one of the songs. I'm like, wait, I know this song. And then I heard it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It was on KQX. And I'm like losing my mind. (laughs) Go check out Kenny Hoopla. He is the he only has like a couple EPs out or something. But God, he's really good. So I was very excited to see his name on there. Uh, Lineup looks great. So 
yeah, we'll we'll see y'all in 2021 for that. There's more names to be announced, more stuff to be announced. Buy a ticket uh, now to support Raya Fest and also to get in on that super special night. Yeah. Also, for anyone wondering, My Chemical Romance will be playing September 18th because it says so on their rescheduled dates. Yeah, they have Which to. is Sunday, right? I think. Oh, I think I it's know. the Sunday. Uh, I I closed my I closed the window now. <laughs> sure, uh, do, go all three days, you cowards. Four days. <laughs> go all four days, you cowards. If you've gone to four days of Lala, if you've gone to one day of Lala, you can go to four days fucking Riot Fest. Dude, you can. As somebody I mean, who's gone to Lala all four <laughs> days multiple times, yeah. when I had to work the next morning too, you can go. You're fine. <laughs> you're doing. You may be not fully fine. You'll be fine. You'll Drink be fine. some Pedialyte. You're fine. I've never done that, but I um, still won't. We, we went to Lala last year. It was fine. Yeah, but I only did great. two days of Lala last year. It was fine. It was great. It was rough. Um, let's talk a little bit more music news. Uh, Lizzie, you've been pretty active on the tweets this week and last week. Yeah. And I've been telling me some news, which I know there's like... There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. if Talk to me about the tweets. Talk talk to me about so, your tweets. Okay. So I also did this thing where I had a good two hours down free at work at um, 2.30 in the morning. So I comprised <laughs> a Google Doc list oh of uh, relevant explanations for what we're about <laughs> to talk about. And then... Um, I feel like you were like super bored, yeah. but you're also like getting into some shit that it's like, this is not what you should do when you're bored. <laughs> Yeah, basically, because I don't know what I don't know what to do. I can't ever take a day off. I'm one of those people that they're like, oh, you're high strung all the time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. because I make myself because I don't know how oh, to yeah. live with just not doing anything. It yeah. freaks me out. Oh, I, love I don't it. know. I haven't talked to my therapist about that yet, but that's fine. Um, next so time. <laughs> next time, next time, next Monday, we're fine. Um, so what kind of kickstarted this off is um this comedian called Christiella. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, He's like Christalia. 40 years old. Christalia. He looks fucking creepy. <laughs> and all of a sudden he came out of nowhere um being accused of like being like a fucking pedophile, essentially. And there was all these like receipts from these girls who were underage, like 17 and under to 14 years old was like the youngest that I saw. And it was really disturbing because this man is 40 years old. And some of these allegations were from anywhere from like five to 10 years ago, I believe. And even then, like as like a 30 something year old man, he was texting these underage girls like he was like a 13 year old boy or like a 16 year old boy. Like, oh, my God. Hey, it, it's, it really creeped and grossed me out because you you're you know that they're purposely doing that to connect with them on mm -hmm. like their level instead of being like i'm an adult like you should talk you know, treat me like a whole ass adult right not like you know i'm your peer you're like yeah basically because you shouldn't be interacting with that older people you should not unless they're like you know maybe at your job but if they're fucking creepy gonna, don't interact with, with them i'm gonna yeah. go with you just there's very few uh, reasons to interact in that yeah. way. With like a 15 year age difference, yeah. especially when you're underage. And I know there's been a lot of people saying online, like, oh, 17 is the age of consent in a lot of places or some other places it's 16. Um, okay. But like you were still like a whole ass child. Do you live at home with your parents and are in high school? You are a whole ass child. If you are 18 or 19 years old, I know this is controversial. You are a whole ass child. I'm 25. I'm a whole ass child. Okay. <laughs> Imagine 
this is my issue with everything on the internet in general is like you say, Hey, this awful creepy thing happened. And somebody goes, well, I mean, legally like it's fine. It's like, why the fuck are you here? Why are you saying this? It doesn't really matter what the legality of it is. Yeah. Like the fuck, like just don't, (laughs) that's not, Oh, it's it's not appropriate. It doesn't. It's really not up matter. for debate. And the yeah. other issue too was that he was like grooming people. And I mean, we've heard yeah. that term used before, especially with like William Control, where he was in a similar but more like sadistic yeah. simulation, you know, situation where he was, you know, getting a hold of the, his fans and then being like, "Oh my god, like I'm in this band you really like, and you know, I want to hang out with you as like a teenager." Which you know, any teenagers would be like, "Yeah, that's like fucking cool," because they're like, "Oh, like I'm listened to, I'm heard, I'm seen, I'm respected." Yeah. Um, which obviously, a lot of teenagers don't feel like they are, depending on the situation. And then they kind of groom them to be like, "Oh yeah, like you should be doing these things. You should be, you know, listening to." this other person you're in a relationship with, whether it's good or bad. Oh, you should always be at their beck and call. Like all these very negative, toxic traits that, you know, as we grow older, we hopefully are able to unlearn those and know better Mm -hmm. and to be able to, you know, catch that when we see that and like either call people out on it or, you know, just be, just avoid it. Mm -hmm. But when you're that young, you don't know any better. And especially if you're not like telling your parents, you know they're obviously not gonna know and then like if you tell your friends they're also gonna be like oh shit like i don't want like to get in trouble or any crazy shit to happen uh so it's very manipulative and the chris uh delia's dl whatever the fuck it is it's fucking pedo um his response was basically like he just like ghosted on social media like deleted everything um and then that kind of had a trickle down effect at least in our scene where somebody came forward and accused um bart i believe he's like the lead singer of mom jeans or like the lead guitarist in mom jeans and said that um in high school so about like 10 or so years ago for this individual um bart had like bullied this girl to the point where she was like ready to commit suicide and they were trying there was like no really receipts to look at it and there was like nothing on mom jeans bart side to come out and say anything about it and pretty much everybody in the comments were saying i just don't believe that because they're a pretty popular indie punk rock band mm-hmm. among a lot of people i mean like i would listen to mom jeans and i'd be like okay they, they're pretty good like they're tolerable they're almost like every other mom dad parental unit name band out there nowadays <laughs> just and put two words together and you have a band that sounds exactly, exactly like whatever they're selling you Exactly. I am so, jaded on yeah. band names, but <laughs> it's the trend. Fuck that trend. But um so that happened and all the comments were like, I just don't believe that. Um this happened so long ago, why would it matter? And that has always been kind of divided with a lot of people in general across the board and mainstream society as well, because we've also seen with accusers who have come out, um, you know, like the Biden accuser came out, you know, decades after the fact. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that, you know, sometimes when you have the type of trauma, like it takes you a while to understand that it was what it is because mm-hmm. of either lack of proper education or you suppress it. And there was a lot of people calling her out on that and saying that 
you know, this is very negative and, you know, you're just trying to get clout. But there's actually a really good Psychology Today article that's actually really simple and like super easy to read, like a quick like five minute read that explains why it's therapeutic for people to just come out publicly or to say Mm -hmm. it to like a wide variety of like people, like close friends or whomever about um, past traumatic experiences that they have had because it helps them heal and move forward more. Mm -hmm. And that's what actually we started to see a lot this past week it kind of came like wildfire because there was also um austin carlisle carlisle of of, of mice and men um alt press ran an article where they pretty much like sites of all his entire um all the allegations that were put um towards him from about 15 women where he was also accused of underage grooming and um sexual solicitation and you know sexual assault against them um and in a super gross misuse of ethical journalistic judgment and practice, um, in my personal uh, viewpoint of it, and they basically put out this article, disregarded it, and then didn't want to go forward with it because they didn't have the proper legal procedures to go through it. Because when you, anytime you come up with like kind of sexual assault allegation, you're obviously going to have like, I'm going to sue you for defamination and libel. Um, and we could kind of see that too with, um, if anybody's listened to like the Ronan Farrow's, uh, catch and kill podcast or read the book, that's about, um, him finding out more info about Harvey Weinstein and getting him out into the public eye and saying like, Hey, like you completely misused your power mm-hmm. and like you completely screwed over and hurt all these women. Um, you kind of have to have like a good legal backing because they're going to come at you and then you're probably going to have some type of trial. Like that's usually what you have to think of. And all press didn't think of that and just thought of let's just save our asses and not do it, kind of mention it, but then let's also bury it to the point where we're kind of invalidating the victims who came forward. And a lot of people obviously called them out on it. This one girl who I guess was um, the main girl to possibly be interviewed came forward and uh, had like all these text receipts and everything. And all press tried to like DM her on Twitter was like, oh, hey, we'll like run the story now that we have like they switched over editor in chiefs to two women that they already had like in their company. And they're like, well, we're going to look into this more and like, let's re-interview you. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But I'll talk to any other publication about it. But because a lot of these publications who would, you know, really love to run this interview and talk with these victims, they don't have the legal backing to do it. Mm-hmm. Because even though it's like Of My Cement was like this, I didn't like Of My Cement, so shitty, like hardcore band in like the mid 2000s, you know, he still probably has a decent amount of money from just like sponsorships and producing whatever else he does behind the scenes. Um, And then the other thing was that he pretty much said that like, oh, I found God. So I'm all chill now. Peace out. Bye. And then he also included his, um, he put an Instagram post out that said, oh, but my wife's a sexual assault survivor and we're having a baby, so I'm not a bad person anymore. Jesus forgives me, bye. And then like, it's been off social media. Um, And then there's just been a good plethora of other um, like kind of smaller bands. Some of them were like local bands that I kind of have heard about, but I haven't been super aware about, but I know some of our um, listeners probably know more about them or may follow them. So I've been kind of like retweeting those things. The other part of the mom jeans um, situation, though, was that Bart did come back, the a singer accused, and 
actually said like, oh, this girl who was accusing me was actually equally as awful to me. And what I did wasn't right, but also, you know, shit happens, it's in the past, get over it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people kind of agreed with that. But at the same time, what that's still invalidating to so many people who are coming forward later on. I did actually see a tweet that really upset me from a photographer of a larger indie music publication, like online publication. And he had just tweeted basically what it was, was, well, I got bullied in high school and um, I got over it. So why are we talking about it now? And it's like, there's a significant difference between you getting bullied in high school. And like, if you are being physically bullied or whatever, or, you know, verbally, whatever it is, but you're able to move on in life. If you are getting bullied to the point where you are contemplating or almost completing suicide, that's a completely different story. I always have an issue when someone, you ever like you're, you're telling somebody like, oh man, I'm really tired today. And they go, yeah, I got like so little sleep. I'm like really tired. And I'm like, yeah, I only got like, like a couple hours. Like, oh man, I only got like 30 minutes. It's like, does that, that doesn't wake me up. It doesn't like make me feel less tired by you comparing it. Like, can it just be that you're hearing me or like we are, we're having this conversation about our experience and like, you don't have to compare with someone else's experience to your experience. Like you can just say that was your experience, whatever you, and I, I think that most people will, will, I think everybody needs to go through like customer service training because you learn this and you like, oh, when you're speaking to somebody is like whatever somebody is experiencing is their experience period. So like I'm not, you know, if these are accusations, if these are truths, if these are receipts, if these are whatever, like that person's experience is their experience. You're not going to be able to, to take that away with a fucking tweet. <laughs> like, so many people out here is like, well, I can solve this. I got this. 240 characters? I only need half of that. <laughs> like, you're not you're not solving anything by trying to belittle or take away someone else's experience. And for the most part, like you said, everyone is just trying to deal with their experience and their trauma and put it out there into the world to help them with the coping of it. Uh we hear the story time and time again of somebody abusing their power of somebody taking advantage of people because they have that power. And then as soon as like someone comes around to hold them accountable for that, as everyone should expect, if you've done some shit that is unapologetic, like, like it, it, it just is best to acknowledge that you caused or someone has had that experience and to work through from there, as opposed to like making yourself sound like, no, but that's not true. No, you shouldn't feel that way. You should feel like this instead. It's like, dude, just like work it out. The only reason this person is having this experience and is putting it out there into the world is because it happened to them from all these people. <laughs> Like and that's, the sad thing is you had like multiple stories. Like it's not like, right. That's oh, the it's thing. Like it's, it's a consistent trend. It's a trend at that point. Yeah. Like it's, it's happening everywhere. And especially in media, we're going to hear about it because it's people that have a position of power who are public, who are seen, who are, uh, 
someone's favorite band, someone's favorite comedian, someone's favorite actor or whatever. And they're like, I don't want this person to have this platform and be able to use it to do this to somebody else. And I, I agree with you that all press did a bad job of like having information and not doing anything about it. And I've always, it's, it's like one of those things where I think this is, this has been an ongoing thing for a while. It's just finally, uh, all press is being held to account for it. But you have this magazine that is making whatever money off of a very small amount of bands that are also not making a lot of money, <laughs> like mm-hmm. on the grand scheme of things, like the stakes for alt press and the stakes for these bands are a lot lower monetarily than a lot of other people in the media, even like a Crystalia who is probably much more wealthy than most of these bands and this magazine, you know, like, uh, you've, you, you've got much higher stakes in certain cases and you've got much lower stakes here with all press. And I understand that like all press is like legally we have this and, and there are these, these complications with that. But like at the same time, man, if you've got information, like it, it it's got to go to the right place or you're going to be seen as somebody who's like, I'm protecting him because he makes me money. And that's, the issue of the guys club and the yeah that's the entire issue with it is because you're not showing balanced journalism so when you're in uh journalism school any literally any fucking class honestly either undergrad or master's degree wherever it is they want you to show both sides of the story Mm. whether you like it or not you have to include whatever counter argument that there is should fox news take oh that course we got it would be so helpful <laughs> lizzie and i go back on this a lot like because obviously i agree with you like yes you should show both sides you should explain both sides of course one side in general nowadays is like wrong as hell so it's like yeah i'm gonna show it to you but like it's super wrong uh and then modern media major media channels are just like nah i don't want to so i'm not going to and they get more popular because they don't (laughs) if you only show one side and you just talk shit about the other side you get more popular so i mean that's how it is i mean that's the same thing too with msnbc and even cnn too which sorry to say to everybody but i literally (laughs) was at pre-coronavirus i was at a uh, i was out to eat with my family and where we were they had two tv screens literally one TV screen here was Fox <laughs> News. The other one here is MSNBC. Restaurants and you to show could both just sides. see <laughs> it was literally I was like watching it and like reading the subtitles and like the lower thirds and everything. I'm like, these are so skewed to each of their ex- yeah. like extreme left and right spectrum. And MSNBC left meaning like left neoliberal. Okay, sure. I'm not saying like extreme left. Oh, wing, it's okay? yeah, it's it's neoliberal left wing. It's different. <laughs> it's centrist. Um, <laughs> but that's what it is. And it like just blew my mind in that moment. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like if only people would know like that that's actually happening. I want to accept the fact because we create an echo chamber for ourselves a lot of time. Obviously, yeah. like we do it even without knowing because we're just like, well, we shouldn't have, you know, a lot of these things going on in the world happening. So I'm going to like retweet like all these things. And then you kind of find yourself in the same like, oh, I'm not seeing a lot of other news about other things or like updates about 
you know, something outside of whatever you've been retweeting because that's just how the algorithm works and you put mm-hmm. yourself in that unless you're cognitive on it and like you're self-aware. Yeah. You're not going to get yourself out of it. Yeah. Uh, confirmation bias is the the phrase that comes to mind about it. And, and I think that is applicable when you're thinking about like when you're hearing this news about something that someone you love in the media, in a band, in whatever, uh, is now having this stuff brought to light about them. And you're like, I'm looking for the person that just says, no, it's not true. Or no, it's, that's impossible. And giving the, you know, everybody has the opportunity to present their side of it and to present their case and, and give, you know, that, but I don't know what, the, I don't know what that is. I'm just saying that they at least have the, the time and the place and the availability to do that sort of thing. But like, as a, as a, an audience member, as a person who's reading these articles, as a person who is going into these things, losing that art, that artist, that person who has meant this to you, like, of course you're going to have some confirmation bias looking for, the person who says it's not true when you're hearing this hard news that like somebody you respected is actually a piece of shit. Like, of course, uh, that's really more of just a, uh, pointing out an issue. I don't really have right, a solution like, for hey. it. <laughs> like, well, that's, that's, that's kind of the thing because everybody, especially with like the mom gene situation, people were saying, Oh, you guys. So the big thing was, Oh, we shouldn't um, be calling out people for things that they posted on Twitter, like 10 or so years ago, especially with, um, you know, protests and black lives matter, like adjusting your language as you learn, as you get over, older is sure. what it pretty much meant. Yeah. And people were really, really clinging to that and saying like, oh, you guys aren't really what you say, you're hypocrites. And then also going into, oh, you're all for cancel culture. But we're going to break this down really quickly because I found the differences between that and call out (laughs) culture and woke activism. Yes. So I had this really good Vox um, media article that I found. It's called What is Cancel Culture? Explained um, in like a historical debate. Mm Mm-hmm. And what it pretty much says is, um, well, first, Urban Dictionary um, has the definition for canceled is to dismiss something or somebody or to reject an individual or an idea. And then Dictionary.com has actually added that it also has an explanation about canceling people in it, too, because this has become such a big phenomenon. Right. And so what from quote from Vox Media's, the rise of cancel culture and the idea of canceling someone have become polarizing topics of debate as a familiar pattern has emerged. A celebrity or a public figure does something or says something offensive. Public backlash, often fueled by politically progressive social media, ensues. Then comes a call to cancel that person. Um, and essentially, that's basically to shut them and their entire lives down. Mm-hmm. And But the thing is, when we look at some a lot of these people are actually like having to put disclaimers these accusers are putting in like disclaimers in their tweets like i'm not looking for clout i just want to put a warning out there to people and that's when you come out to call out culture which we seem to always forget exists we always mm-hmm. seem to be thinking it's either we're chill and we're hanging or we're going to dismiss it or it's all the way over to canceled this is kind of the middle <laughs> ground americans are really bad at nuance yeah, they are, <laughs> as we've seen. Yeah. So call-out culture is supposed to be, quote, the natural escalation from pointing out a problem to calling 
for the head of the person who caused it. So call out culture is basically your fave is problematic. Mm -hmm. If you guys were ever on Tumblr and you're like, your fave is problematic because of X, (laughs) Y, Z. And it's pretty predominantly found in fandoms. (laughs) Okay. I was on different Tumblrs that had that. Um, (laughs) I was not any of that. Um, I I hope I'm not. I don't believe so. Um, but also if all everything pretty much mentioned call out culture and cancel culture fall, falls under outrage culture. So imagine mm. that there's little diagram, there's graphics. We don't know how to do that. I can't do it, but I don't want to. It's a lot. There'd be a really nice I PowerPoint scream a lot when I do it. Right here. The nice the... PowerPoint. So here is Come outrage streams, culture. PowerPoints. <laughs> outrage culture. And then you have point A, which is cancel culture. Then you have point B, which is call out culture. Um but basically canceling um to quote box again is a way to acknowledge that you don't have to have the power to change structural inequality and it's also kind of it's noted in this article too that uh cancel culture or like cancel was pretty much started by um black individuals too Mm -hmm. so that is also interesting to see kind of like how we transformed it over to this big thing because obviously it was like oh my friend doesn't like this band. They're canceled. You know, just very joking. Like, and now it's completely right. extreme. Right. And um, this is basically saying that this was supposed to be a way to like take like people out of positions of power that you wouldn't have been able to do before, but it's been transformed so much because there's so much crap going on in social media <laughs> that it's become such like a negative uh, word so now we have to kind of navigate away from cancel and we should be navigating away to call out culture because mm-hmm. that's technically what it is now. And to also divert the fact um, that, you know, we're trying to cancel somebody to get clout or so we can just see their lives be miserable and burn when in all reality, you're just like, a lot of people are just saying, I just want people to be aware that this person who is maybe Joe Biden is maybe Harvey Weinstein <laughs> is maybe, you know, this big can also you know, person Trump in a band. The bus there too. Yeah. And Donald Trump, we can, we all can, these people, we don't need to throw just <laughs> Biden under that when like anything Biden has, yeah, 10,000 times worse by Trump, <laughs> you know, or anybody that, you know, is a predominantly large celebrity or public figure and they get, you know, accused of this. It's, you know, they just want people to not have that power anymore because again, mm-hmm. like we said earlier, you have like these underage girls, for example, coming up to these older adult men, whether they be in their early 20s or they're in their 30s, whatever it is, at some point you do know mentally, like this isn't right to do, but I'm still going to do it. And I can use the power that I have because I have notoriety, because I know I have all these fans, because I know I have the social media presence to do it. And I'm going to use that to my personal advantage, whether it be right or wrong or Mm -hmm. in between, whatever it is, because they know that they can do it because they have the power. And that's what it pretty much distills down to at the end of the day is having power. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like the biggest issue that's kind of come out of it because I thought about it after I kind of like called out the one uh, photographer person because I didn't (laughs) appreciate that. Um, (laughs) And I was like, yeah, okay, I can see what you mean by cancel culture, but let's look at it at a deeper level, because it doesn't seem like anybody is really doing that nor wanting to do it. They just want to see it across the board on the service, which we've seen before is super problematic. Yeah. Uh, You would not see 
cancel culture if there was some form of system within either uh, private industry, within companies, within corporate culture, within uh, music culture, within just male culture, like that was already doing the job of it so that other people on Twitter didn't have to. Like, uh, if there was somebody who had the ability to hold any of these men to account on their actions when they were starting, then they would not have been able to continue. Then there would not be need for public outcry. Uh, I think we'll get into a little bit of the Black Lives Matter stuff in a, in a bit, but... Uh, just to compare it to that part of the news as well, it's like you would not have all of these people in the streets asking for something if it was already being provided. But what you're saying, what what cancel culture essentially is, is a reaction to the fact that there are a lot of powerful men who utilize their platform to take advantage of people who do not have power. Whenever you, uh, if you ever are like, uh, and I, I heard this actually about right-wing media and how, uh, they they complain because they tell jokes and people don't get the joke, and it's like the the it's it's like a rule of comedy that you only punch up, you never punch down, because it's not funny to watch somebody in power hurt people who are weaker than them. It's like a basic truth of humanity that like generally people don't like to watch somebody who is very powerful beat up on somebody who is not. We don't watch Marvel movies because we hope that. Iron Man is like just going to fucking beat up everybody. That's why we watch Batman because <laughs> he beats up people who are weaker than him. Uh, so there, there you go. Now you have a little bit of a critique on Batman uh, and being a, uh, a capitalist who beats up on the poor at night. Um, so it, 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 it felt very similar to me to like, see that as like, maybe that's a reason why, we see this, this differentiation between what people believe happened and what the victims are saying and like how they don't believe the victims is because they don't, they don't fully believe that you as a person should not beat up on somebody who's more power or who's less powerful than you should not take advantage of somebody who has less power than you. And what you're seeing as a result of this is people who have less power than somebody trying to fight back, utilizing the only platforms they have, which usually is more people that are less powerful than somebody else. I mean, we are a podcast currently streaming on Twitch to four people at this moment, Love but it. you know, it's like our platform is not that large. If we really needed to get something else out there, we would need to utilize a lot more people who also have that platform to get it out there. Uh, so to me, people who are upset about cancel culture and I don't like cancel culture. I hate it. I think that it like, it does nothing to rehabilitate, which I believe is the only thing you can hope to do with this. But if we were doing the job of utilizing this public outcry to ask for uh, accountability from the people around these people, from people who are allowing these positions of power to exist, from people in uh, corporations, from people at magazines that don't hold people accountable, from people at record labels who are making money off their bands, 
uh i did see another band was dropped from their label i don't remember the band at all but they were like we just found out about these allegations the band is dropped it's like yeah that's that's what you have to do and it's not because like we want to ruin this person's life it's because we need to take them out of the situation in which they are causing harm in which they are in power and have the ability to cause harm and now we need to rehabilitate them to hopefully get them to a place where they are no longer causing harm to people and the harm that they have caused while they can't take it back. It needs to be a learning experience. They need to be punished. I'm hesitant to say anything about jail or incarceration or anything like that, but I don't have a solution. I'm just saying I don't necessarily believe that jail is the solution. Counseling and and things tend to be, I don't know. I'm talking like I I don't understand. That's also a lot more stuff (laughs) that I feel like most of us haven't touched on or would know, especially at this point. Yeah. Um, I think the (laughs) next- My hands are up on the podcast. Like, I don't know the answer. I'm just saying like, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. It's just that there has to be- some form of solution to that when you ask for those things through public outcry. So I like call out culture of like, Hey, everybody, here's a fact that you may not know. I would love for you to be on our side and try to change this fact to something better because no one in power is going to hold that person accountable for their power unless there's some sort of multiple people and other repercussions that may come from repercussions. Yeah, exactly. The next thing that really crosses my mind is, is that let's say you do have somebody who actually wants to change or show that they have changed. And what exactly is like the perfect, I'm going to put this air quotes, perfect, (laughs) like, you know, letter or response to the public after that, Mm -hmm. because we've seen so many over the last like, god like five six years and it seems like it's hard to you know like what like it's basically like grocery it's like what do we put in the cart to make the best letter yeah, yeah. of accountability like what are we gonna do it's copy paste exactly I, but I then you you still mistake. see a lot of people i made a mistake i have but a, then you i s- have a consistent lapse in judgment <laughs> and i apologize to those that i've hurt i would like to individually do apologize <laughs> yeah I will be working on change. <laughs> I don't know. It's something like I feel, that. I don't feel like I'm far off, even though I'm No, I, but that's like, the thing too, because people will like put out statements and then it's like you analyze it and you say, okay, is this them taking accountability? Is this them saying, oh my God, my life was ruined. So now I have to take accountability. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got caught. So now I have to take accountability. So I don't look like an asshole or is it genuine? But then if it's genuine, it seems to never be enough for a lot of people at the same time um and that's where it becomes more concerning because again like i think the new idea of rehabilitation and like accepting that people have grown and change is a really new idea to a lot of people in this (laughs) cancel culture which is you know it's honest to say because that's what it is because a lot of us are still like we can't just cancel people out of society as much as we would like to for certain (laughs) individuals but when it comes to these things and they're still also like involved in like the music scene, for example, like we have to, you know, obviously it's an individual choice. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to Pine Grove, even though one of my friends loves Pine Grove. We just don't speak about Pine Grove as friends. I mean, sometimes you don't know about all the weird stuff. Exactly. To quote the 1975 Stop. in their song. Yeah. Which So 
Well, I know that, you know, I was reading their statement and everything and what they have done at shows. But for me, I was like, okay, but it just seems like because their PR firm's pitchfork kind of swept under the rug, went away for a bit, came back, put out a statement and then had a couple like organizations at um, their comeback shows, which were like all fucking sold out. And then there really wasn't too much accountability otherwise. What I do, um, I think some good examples in my perspectives I could be wrong I have seen just like a lot of these different ones and I've seen a lot of people's reacts to it is when tiny moving parks I believe is their basis that called out about a year and a half ago yes and the he came back with some really good points in his letter back to the public saying that he had gotten like um, mental health treatment he was continuing to go get you know therapy and you know he was talking with these people um and that was like, a, I feel like a pretty good note to people. And I mean, it hasn't necessarily damaged them too much. I were to think, I know people are so obviously, oh, I'm still not going to support them. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. fine. That's up to you. You do what you want. But I've also seen once from the band The Rex, and they got called out. It was actually at the show I was at in Chicago at Lincoln Hall. Uh oh. <laughs> And because it wasn't you, to be fair, it was not me. It was not me (laughs) because um, he had made a pregnancy abortion joke on stage. And I, yeah, which I was like, okay. Like, I mean, that sounds bad for me to say. To do that. Yeah. That's because I'm like, I've also been to a lot of other shows too where I have had heard similar jokes and I had never really thought about it. I was always Mm -hmm. like, okay like yeah i get it um but you know obviously people viewed it as offensive and i was like okay and then there were some other i don't remember what the other allegations were specifically but i don't i don't remember what they were but the lead singer pretty much came forward and was like hey like i super apologize like i did not mean it to be offensive and he you could read the letter and it was it's actually sounded very genuine not to just like save his ass or anything mm. And he was like, you know, I didn't mean this. This wasn't my intention. Um, and then he pretty much, I know he went, went to go like to, to get mental help. And he's been kind of like low key, just being like, hey, this is this. Like, this is just strictly promoting like the band, the album, and not really interacting too much with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, him taking a lot of like accountability and responsibility for his actions and being like, yeah, I fucked up. That's pretty much what I, I mean, me as a person, that's how I would want to see people accepting, like, when shit happens, like, okay, yeah, I fucked up. That was bad. I feel bad about it. What am I going to do to change it? And then you see the change. But again, for some people, because it has been such this consistency of cancel culture, I'm like, oh, that's it. They're just done forever. There's no thing of rehabilitation or reform. I think we really need to start to get out of that mindset and I think it's gonna be really really hard especially when you have people on the other side being like well are you sure it happened like it happened years ago are you sure it's like <laughs> it's both sides both sides need to like shut the fuck up yeah and like meet in the middle is what I need <laughs> but we all need We have had a lot of stuff in the news right now. Uh, I would love to talk about um, 
the, all all this stuff about defund the police and abolish prison and uh, all this stuff because uh, I, I I personally have not experienced a lot of people saying things to me specifically. Uh, I wish I did because I got some shit to say <laughs> and I have some <laughs> fucking facts to back it up. But uh, at this point in this podcast, this is me utilizing the platform that we have built uh, to educate anybody who might be listening. Um, I, I was talking to a friend the other day about, um, about podcasts and, uh, he was asking for some recommendations and I recommend, uh, behind the bastards to anybody, uh, because I think it's just a great, like informative historical podcast about terrible people and lasting legacies on how things operate now or how people get away with shit that like you wouldn't really think of unless you had this historical context behind it. Uh, a lot about fascism, which are some of the best episodes. Uh, Very on top, on, you know, uh, topical. Uh, guys, if you learn about fascism, uh, you will be immediately uh, educated on what the fuck's going on right now. Like it's, it's literally just that little of stuff. Just learn a little bit about fascism. You go, Oh, that's, that's this. <laughs> um, so, uh, he was he was asking me for some recommendations and he's like, yeah, I, I have a hard time like listening to a podcast um, because it's just it's just it's hard to focus in on it and you want to give it your attention. You want to, you know, it, especially if there's a lot of information that you want to gather, it's hard to just like focus on it and gather all that information, especially because a podcast is supposed to be in your ear. You're supposed to be doing some stuff, you know, cleaning the apartment, whatever, uh, while you while you have it on. So. I mentioned that that podcast behind the bastards because one thing that I've I really appreciate about it is that it's just given up as little tidbits of information and there's a comedian on it who then like reacts to terrible information. <laughs> it's like, "Hey, let me tell you about the KKK." And then the person goes, "What the fuck?" So it's like you're you're getting that information about the KKK and then you get it kind of like solidified in your head rather than having to listen to the whole thing straight through and comprehend every single talking point that's brought up. It then lets you come out of that by saying, cool, this is what I learned from it. And now I can speak to other people about it. So that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I'm here to tell you some information that I mildly gleaned from these podcasts. that I listened You mildly to. gleaned. I gleaned. I gleaned real gleany. Uh, also, hi, Peter. Hi, Courtney on the podcast we're talking right about your forehead again i know i was worried about my forehead it's fine um you can always get bangs yeah i have to get emo bangs in order to cover it up that's so be here here here's a demonstration if you're not watching on twitch you're missing out on these, these. i'm just saying you can see my good red fringe now but <laughs> it's fixed yeah um so i uh, I know it's shinier than usual. I've been <laughs> sweating. I've been. It's like my shiny teeth in me, but my shiny yeah, forehead. I was working on. I was cooking like a, a elaborate dinner. I don't know. I don't know what. What it was. was your elaborate dinner before we go into uh, defunding the bowls? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, buffalo cauliflower bowls uh, with a green tahini dressing coleslaw. Uh, yeah, it was really good. That's Stand fancier by. than what I anticipated. I mean, listen, I'm bored and I'm, yeah, I'm bored and I don't have uh, uh, a job. So, you know, listen, gotta, you could be the new um, 
you could be someone new at Bon Appetit. Listen, I love Bon Appetit. That was a really disappointing thing to hear I'm about so all these people not being paid correctly. Uh, but I'm very glad that there is some change over there that is going ha- that is going to happen. I have faith. Uh, yeah, I have faith in them. I love Bon Appetit, and I love all those people that make their videos. So well wishes to the team who won't listen to this podcast. Uh, at Condé Nast, as we completely yeah. and, and considerably diss their other subsidiary pitchfork. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> they know what they did. They know why they're that way. Um, right. So defund the police. Not a lot of people in my feeds, not a lot of people talking to me directly. Uh, but I feel like the basic argument is like, we don't need policing as much as we need other things that will reduce the necessity necessities in quotes of police. So people seem to be very concerned about saying, oh, we just want to defund them. We don't want to abolish them. And other people don't have the just other people aren't uh, uh, confident enough to say, nope, abolish them because they haven't benefited most of our culture and society very much ever. So uh, I... I, 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 I am more in the camp of saying just abolish the police force because the money that is being spent, which is way too much, can benefit the people that they are meant to protect, meant to protect. Again, quotes. It's like, yeah, none of this is true. It's just, it's just quotes. Um, if they're meant to protect certain people, if those people need protection, if those people need support from our local governments from our communities, then there needs to be a better way to do that. And it doesn't seem to be benefiting any of us to put just a fuck ton of money into, uh, into, uh, Courtney just mentioned, uh, we were going to talk about this too. Uh, CPS voted to keep CPD in school. So like, yeah, fucking great. Chicago is not leading the country on this by any means. And, uh, I'm learning also from this podcast that Chicago was kind of like one of the, the breeding grounds of a lot of policing things that have happened in other places, which is fucking, fucking cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's about transitioning the police force away from what they are into a support function of the government that will benefit the people as opposed to dumping a bunch of money into a system that clearly is not benefiting our culture and society. Uh, I want to get into more specifics. The problem of speaking into an echo chamber is that no one is arguing with you. And I'm, I'm very happy to speak to certain things uh, such as like the specifics of just putting more money into mental health, putting more money into healthcare in general, putting more money into education, which fucking obviously like the fuck like why why i mean there's there's so many reasons why like you you go to certain areas and they don't get the funding they need i mean that's why people have been you know saying like no standardized test standardized testing for years because based on you basically you basically as a teacher and as a school district and as a principal as well you get raises you get bonuses you get funding for your entire school and district based on how well those kids do on standardized testing and that's not right because if you go to areas as well that aren't properly funded, 
with money from the state that they should be because they are in lower income areas because they have those lower standardized test grades. Yeah. It's a cycle, first of all. And then you close a bunch of schools. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, then and then you, you force them in. all into <laughs> one area. Then you put cops in there. They're not properly learning what they need to learn. It's a huge cycle. And it goes yeah. back decades, if not centuries at this point. Yeah. I mean, that's, you can, that's the issue we're yeah. looking to fix. Like it is incredulous to me that anyone would argue that by putting more money into education and teaching people of all backgrounds in all places the same as as high of a caliber and high of a quality as you can can manage that it wouldn't like negate the need for police like well we have to have police in order to stop crime okay but what if like we reduced crime not through like laws because a criminal is only a criminal because they break a law what if we like reduced crime by like education and counseling and mental health services and healthcare. Like what if we tried that? And then there's people who say, well, we don't have any money for that. And it's like, so let's say that you have, you're sick. You're like, Oh man, I have this really bad cough. It just stays with me all the time. I can't get rid of it. So I take like three different medicines to, to, uh, I, 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 three different medicines in order to get rid of my cough. Meanwhile, it's like, bro, just, just fix the problem. Like the problem is that you can't stop coughing. Like there's gotta be something else there. And then you watch like house and you're like, Oh, I'll just have Hugh Laurie, like walk around in his cane, talk shit to some people. And then he'll tell me like the deeper root cause here. And I'll walk out of the hospital super happy. Like that's, not necessarily an argument for healthcare, I guess. Look, House is a show of its time. It's fine. I liked House, but <laughs> okay, like, yeah, it's a fine show. But uh, it's it's that idea of like you're you're trying to solve crime, but you're also the people who then make crime. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Courtney says the problem is putting money into education doesn't have an immediate result and an instant satisfaction culture. People have no patience to wait. And that you love house. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but that is, that's pretty on the nose, Courtney, because especially here in Chicago, we are, we always, as people say, we want immediate reform and change. Obviously. Yeah. That's what we want. But I don't think anybody really wants to realize or comprehend the fact that, that change can mean and like political terms mm -hmm. anywhere from two to 10 years to see significant results. I mean, that's why just for a cross comparison, you can't have full understanding of the medical effects and the side effects that come from smoking jewels yet because they haven't been yeah. out for as long as cigarettes have. Mm -hmm. When cigarettes had their effects reported, it was about, I think, like 10 or so years later that they saw consistencies with people have developing lung cancer or having emphysema and all these other things happening to them. You have to have a long enough period of time to basically do like a report on it. I mean, when you do any like psychology studies, even if you're doing a test, say on like a drug, you have like a placebo and then you have the actual drug that you're testing. You can do that, but you have to have a large enough sample size. Mm -hmm. And then depending on if you're seeing what the side effects are, again, you have to have years and years of, you know, studies run. That's why also like with coronavirus medicines, there's not enough 
testing to see what actually would work. And there's not enough testing side by side for years and years to correlate any of it. So that's yeah. also another reason um, <laughs> why things don't get done. Like, and I, I mean, obviously we are a, an instant gratification, instant satisfaction culture. And I, I 100% agree with that as a hurdle we need to get over in a lot of these things. But the idea to me that somebody would say I'm not racist, but would also not want to solve the issue of, <laughs> uh, that would not want to solve the issues that are happening in neighborhoods where people of color live and they're shutting down schools in these neighborhoods in these lower income neighborhoods that are primarily people of color that would not say like, Oh, like these two things may be able to, to connect. Like they may, I'm doing a connecting thing on camera right now, but it's like they, they connect like they're, 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 they're relatively similar ideas. And that's where we get into like all the discussions of like how white supremacy has pervaded our culture and how, uh, you know, even after the civil war and after slavery was ended, people still wanted, uh, people were afraid of black people and therefore needed to, uh, pass a bunch of laws and also wanted to keep white people who may not be scared, scared of the idea <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, behind the bastards is a great podcast. If you just want to like, they, they're doing like a series on policing right now. And I'm, I listen to every episode, like as soon as it comes out, cause it's actually awesome. Uh, I just talked about the Tulsa massacre today, which was just really light listening, <laughs> you know, casual, casual. Uh, yeah, I, I see like, again, I'm arguing with myself right now because I don't have anybody who's against this on here. And I don't want to like, uh, if you know who Steven Crowder is, he seems like a guy who just argues right uh, far right, usually talking points with himself on his podcast and then tries to say something controversial enough where he can say, I was just kidding. And then nobody should actually take him seriously when he is homophobic, racist, sexist, misogynistic, classist. <laughs> it's everything bad. Yeah. Just he's everything just a, bad. He's a fucking asshole because he's famous for being an asshole. Like you're going to be an asshole. Like anybody who does to, uh, 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 talk radio on the right is like you're an asshole so you're famous for being an asshole I don't want to be that but I also don't want to be like on the other side the now this politics where it's like this guy on the right is a total loser and idiot and oh, none of this is true and it's like yeah that doesn't help anybody like that does nothing for no one it does, it, it's like you're right but who cares like this isn't, you're not convincing anybody of something that they should believe. You're not changing anybody's minds here. Uh, I'm hoping that at least from me arguing with myself and telling you all the things that I've learned. and Because uh, unfortunately for our listeners, Lizzie and I are not uh, uh, on two sides of this issue. I think we're on the same side of this yeah, issue. Yeah, we're pretty, I mean, I'll be open to listen to it. <laughs> but also I've always been taught to listen to the other side and, and to quote my debate coach find out what they said and then slip their throat with it. So <laughs> I do think that the one, so right now we have the, the controversial uh, opinion of, for example, uh, justice for Breonna Taylor, uh, fire all the police who murdered her, 
um, and arrest them and arrest them. And then you have this other issue where we're trying to get rid of prisons. So when you want to arrest these policemen who killed, uh, who want, who killed Brianna Taylor, like where are they supposed to go? Like all of these people that we talked about who committed these sexual assaults, sexual harassment allegations or, or did it or whatever. It's like, where are they supposed to go? We don't have systems in place for what is supposed to happen to them after this. We don't necessarily, these everybody who believes that they should be arrested and punished for their actions, for committing a crime, for murdering a woman, an innocent person, uh, we are not really 100% sure, like, where do they go? What do we do with them? I think what, um, what a lot of people try to do is look to other countries. Like, I think it's like, the Netherlands and Sweden where they do have, um, oh, let me tell you about the Netherlands and Sweden. <laughs> oh, it's, um, just public prison. So, but also their sentencing is severely reduced. So the most mm-hmm. that you can get, if you, if you do commit murder is about 20 to 30 years mm-hmm. where here you have life or you can have like 114 years plus consecutive other life sentences you know something crazy like that where you're like Mm -hmm. yeah obviously like that's just life in prison then i just don't know why you're putting a number to it but chill (laughs) um that you're not going to be alive when you come out is what you're telling me yeah but that's um because in those types of scenarios they do have like rehabilitation essentially Mm -hmm. and i think that that's what you need to start to do is look at it as like this is rehabilitation we are reteaching you we are unlearning all these things that you have done Mm -hmm. and then trying to fix it but then there's also a lot of complexities because like what if somebody's like a serial killer like they are like a legit like psycho or sociopath like i don't know if you can fix or help unlearn any of that because a lot of those things when when i listen to my murder podcast (laughs) a lot of those (laughs) tendencies that they have start super young Mm -hmm. and it could just be like they um tried to like pull the knife out on their sibling or if like they started like killing animals in the backyard or some crazy shit like that it starts at a young age and it can't necessarily and it can necessarily just be not even like their parents are like abusive assholes or something they could just have no completely normal parents but just come out like that and then whatever has happened to them in like their brain chemically that's just how it resulted mm-hmm. so i think it's so much more complex that once it would need that kind of complexity would need to be worked out first and foremost before we even came up to like say a judge or jury and said like hey we should abolish the police we should defund the police we should move money over here and switch this up because that's going to be a key point that they're going to ask and the other Mm -hmm. key point which is fucking stupid is what if somebody's breaking into your house or what if somebody sexually assaulted you it's like They've done shit about it. Listen, I almost got fucking kidnapped at the Metro stop here in my hometown. And I called the police officer. They came to my house after I got home and they took down my info. Dude did not take me seriously. They called me the next day and said, oh, my sergeant actually wants me to take and make a full report on it. I'm like, you didn't before? Yeah. Was it not serious enough for you? So ex- that's my thing. He just he says that to you. Like, he you says it to me. Then he comes to my house, <laughs> asks me again, and then criticizes me about the things that I am saying. Even though that there has also been multiple reports in this area of like people trying to solicit 
like a sex trafficking thing happening in this area like the le- few months prior to this happening this was like in october or something yeah and i was like okay so clearly your argument at least from my perspective means absolutely fucking shit to me right. because me as a single individual person or people that i know would have more power in going to find out who that person is than the whole s police yep 100 percent and now I'm not also saying or condoning like having your own like community militia or policing <laughs> because that's how we breed um, like white supremacists that's and shit like that. So that is another <laughs> issue. Right. So there's okay. a lot of things to deconstruct here, but we need to start from the bottom, like the nitty gritty where nobody wants to look because that's the roots. That's where they're planted from. Mm-hmm. And you, you're going to have to start to rip those out first and move your way up before we take the entire thing out because it's going to be less messy and we're going to have a less pushback then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do agree. That's going to be an argument. I've heard the argument about like, I mean, really it was about rapists. It was about what do we do with rape? What do we do with murder? <laughs> like, you know, really vile people. And it's like, well, the cops aren't handling that now. So like, like, how many fucking asshole white kids have gotten away with raping somebody because police don't care? Like, it, it, that is not going to change anytime soon if we continue on the same path. Like, it, it just won't. No, no one is going to care about white boys raping anybody in this culture that we have we've set up and we've established. So we need to change that. I, I mean, as you brought up other countries and the Netherlands and Sweden, two places I know very well, I lived in Sweden and I fucking love the Netherlands. God, (laughs) they're awesome. Um, but it's, you know, like if someone is committing a crime, there's a really good chance that they are committing that crime because of a reason in their life that tells them they have to. So if, you create a culture if you create a, a a society that doesn't create a need for them to do that then essentially you should solve the issue i'm saying this slower because i'm hoping to find something within what i'm saying that like no 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 okay that won't work like but right like for example if you were trying to rob a house, chances are you were robbing that house because you needed something that the house has that you don't. Now I'm, I'm doing this purely from a logical standpoint of like somebody who is more likely to be robbed than to rob. I am not that unemployed yet. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, no, I'm, Hey, this is recorded. Just remember, just in case I doubt going it. Forward. Anything, anything you say on a podcast is just for you and your five viewers. So, <laughs> um, no, I, I, I would just assume that that would be the reason. Like I've even read some things online where it's like, if you see somebody who is, is trying to do something like this, like, um, if they're trying to rob something or if they are drunk and disorderly or any of these things, it's like, well, there's, there's a reason that this is happening. Like any, 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 anything beyond like what you're witnessing, there's a reason that it's happening. So do we need to then establish a society that prevents the problem from happening in the first place and then also have a better system to solve that problem when it does happen? 
because I would assume, and I don't have statistics here in front of me for this recorded podcast about Sweden and Netherlands crime rates, but I know they're lower <laughs> and I know they have way fewer recorded cases of crimes in general, but I also know that they're, uh, their standards of what is a rape or what is a sexual assault are so much more strict than what they are here. So like inappropriate kissing could be reported as a rape. Like it's, I don't want to say that specifically is in there, but like there something are something of that level. Yeah. And I mean, he, I'm, we are learning what the different definitions of what rape can be here yeah. too. I mean, even co coercion is what, you yeah. know, is a big thing that's coming out now. And it's important and it's becoming more of like, a, oh, this happened while I was in a relationship with somebody. Is it still? And that, again, this is why people also don't say anything till years after the fact. And that's what makes it harder for people to, un to come out with this because there's so, so many societal classifications and like non-definitional um, rhetoric being put to any of it that we're just trying to figure it out. But it is if we look at the problem of it, the problem of everything is because of how we have constructed society and to work backwards from it. But when it comes to at least like abolishing defunding the police, which essentially in the, obviously if you haven't gotten it yet, what it means <laughs> is we're just going to redistribute the money. So instead of like CPD getting over like a million fucking dollars for themselves, we put like maybe $250,000 into education and into education in lower income areas for people. And we change the circumstances for them because with the poverty cycle for those people in those areas, it's consistent until that there is any intervention from a higher power. And that being either like a mentor or, you know, some like a government official, mm -hmm. a teacher, somebody who has more power to try to guide you. And oftentimes because you are stuck in that cycle, either by generation or just because of the mindset you have been put into, you people fail a lot of the time. But if we change that area and that society in which that they are living in and we put funding into those areas so they can start to learn more about it and so that they have more of this secondary intervention, then they can become you know, more, you know, more involved into these different things instead of becoming just another statistic, depending on whatever statistic you want to equate it to. Mm. Uh, Courtney mentions in the chat, New Zealand legalized prostitution to stop domestic violence. Now they get insurance and protection under the law. Yeah. So legalizing uh, sex work and giving, I mean, yeah, insurance and healthcare and protection under the law is like, yeah, you, you need to you need to give more uh, rights and freedom to people if you want this to be the country of freedom. I don't know. But yeah, it's to me just that simple. Like we need to realize that the way that we are trying to solve all of our problems is not really the way to solve it. The way to solve it is like everything else you do the work beforehand so that the issues don't happen. And when they do happen, you have people that are specifically tailored to the situation that comes up and can handle it for that. If there is something like a rape, then there is somebody who is trained for support for a rape victim, support for finding out information about the rape, for proving whatever. Most cops aren't even pursuing rape cases. They don't test anything. They don't give a shit. So 
it's it's bullshit to believe that anybody is actually getting their their issue handled by the police if they are uh, a rape victim at this point. You're getting more you're getting more of a solution through tweets right now than you are through the police system. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, um, no, 100%. I mean, there have been articles um, ran through too. God, I don't remember where it is, but they had found um, like hundreds of thousands untested rape kits dating yeah. back to like the 90s yeah. that weren't tested. And those could have been people who were serial rapists or were still out there possibly. Yep. It's, I don't, I don't know. Cause I, I also don't know if we have anybody who's going to listen to our podcast who is on the other side of this issue, or maybe you're open-minded, but you're not really a hundred percent sure. And I don't know if we're like, like we are repeating things that we've heard from other sources. So there's always somebody else you could go check out. Like we gave you some resources here, but um, I would at the very least like say to look at the situations that are happening now in the world and think like, are the police helping with this? I, I saw somebody post the other day, like, it is kind of ridiculous that when you are you are stopped in your vehicle by somebody who has a gun and they approach your vehicle with a gun at all. Like, that is, like, you are, you, we have become so accustomed to the fact that somebody with a, with a ready weapon is just approaching you at your vehicle after telling you to stop driving it wherever you were going so that they can just approach you and and for any reason like that's like we should be looking at all these kind of things and saying does this make sense is this the kind of society that i want is this the kind of thing that i want to happen to me or anybody i know or people that i don't know and saying that if you would like to solve these problems that we can get ahead of the problems i think just makes a lot more sense uh to break it down as like a massive issue into a smaller issue and say historically we have done this it doesn't have to be that way if we choose not to do it anymore i think we'll go ahead and we'll wrap this episode up here uh as per usual we will stick around and chat on Twitch for a little while longer. Uh, make sure that you are following us on Twitch and you come and hang out every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Chat with us. Uh, give us your opinions in the fucking chat over there. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep chatting with you on Twitch after the episode. But, but we, 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 we appreciate you. We do not, not, I don't appreciate Brian's weird voice with that, but I, I appreciate everyone else. I, I'm going through it, man. Uh, <laughs> let, me just, let me just play this outro music and we'll, we'll, we'll see you on Twitch. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for uh, assuming that all cops are bastards along with us. I think we're fine with assuming that from everyone here at the emo social club podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Lizzie. And goodbye.